Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. So our theme for this year is Word and Spirit. How many of you guys know that we need both the Word and the Spirit? That was a test, everybody. 70% of you failed. How many of you know that uh, we need the Word and the Spirit? Amen? Okay, so we do because the Word of God is amazing. Uh, It is life transforming, but there is uh, our daily decisions uh, that we we need the Spirit to speak into. Amen? And so um, I want to speak to you guys about a, a spirit of revelation. You know, in this last week, I've received a few emails and messages where people have been asking me, Hey, so what, come on, like what is actually happening with this building? Are we buying it? Like, you know, and and I don't want to string this out any longer than I have to. Uh, And I want to speak into that today. But believe it or not, that this this whole, uh, you know, buying this building thing fits so well with the message that I feel like the Lord gave to me. If you're new to Bright Church or maybe you're just joining us online at the start of this year, around February, we began a process to try to buy a building in the city of Croydon. And I have worked on this probably every week for the last eight months. And believe it or not, this process didn't start eight months ago. Uh, as a church, we've been praying, we've been believing, uh, we've been seeking God. I've been praying for a church building for quite a, a long time. And so at the start of this year, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and I felt like He said that that building would be ours. And I heard that and then I said nothing. Because I thought if the Lord is sovereign and He's going to arrange these things, then I don't need to say anything just yet. But I believed it and I kept it in my heart that we would be able to buy that building and that His grace would be on us to do that. And as we've gone along the way, there have been times where we've had to decide, hey, are we really taking another step and are we committing to this? And I remember one time I was in a meeting and somebody asked me and they said, Ben, do you believe that God is going to give us this building? Do you believe that this is of Him? And then there was a platform created for me to bring out what God had placed in. And I said, Yes, I do. I do believe that the Lord is going to do this for us. And then it was out. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where the Lord has spoken something into your heart, deposited it. And it's very safe while it's in there, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, well, you don't tell anyone, you don't admit it, but you are holding something in your heart. And then there will come a time, maybe an opportunity where what God has placed in, it's time for you to begin to speak it out. And this happens to us as we journey through life. This isn't a new thing. This has happened to many of you. It's happened to me. It happened to Peter. I want to tell you about what happened to Peter when he was put on the spot. In fact, all the disciples were. I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 16, verse 14. And just for some context, Jesus is walking with his disciples. And he says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Verse 14. And they said... Well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elisha, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? That's the most important question that you'll ever be asked in your life. There are so many 
questions that you'll have in life. Where are we going to live? Who am I going to marry? Do I take that promotion? You know, what, 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 what's the next step for me? All, all of those things are a step below this question because this is, an, this is a question that will have eternal significance for you. Jesus says to his disciples, well, who do you say I am? And Peter has had this thing in his heart and he thinks he knows the answer. And the Spirit has spoken to him and it's been in, but nobody has said it. And Peter hasn't heard it from anyone. Now he's given a public platform to speak out what God had spoken in. And he says in verse 16, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Hearing the Spirit is the most powerful thing that will ever happen to you. Hearing the Spirit is the most powerful thing that will ever happen to you. I remember many years ago now, driving along a road, thinking, contemplating the things of God, trying to pray and speak to God for the first time in a really long time, trying to cut a deal with God about something to do with my life. And as I was driving along that road and I was thinking about the things of God, it occurred to me that maybe what I should really do is really connect with God and find a church and go stand in a church somewhere. I didn't know where any churches were, but I was driving my car at the time and I just kind of felt like I should do a U-turn randomly on a road and drive back and just start casing the neighbourhood for an unknown church in an unknown, unknown location filled with unknown people. And I turned down a street, no street sign, just driving around the streets of Wonga Park. It's pretty bushy. And could you, you, you wouldn't believe my quote unquote luck that day as I turn into a, a church car park. Wow, how lucky am I? There is a, a church building right here. Amazing, amazing. And I drive in there and I park the car and I remember walking straight into that service and thinking, oh boy, I'm not going to know anyone there. And I opened the doors and the church service nearly stopped and everybody looked at me. And amongst the eyes who were looking at me, I saw the eyes of my uncle staring back at me thinking, what are you doing here? I walked into his church that day. You know what's so cool? Now he sits in this church and it is so great to have you. And so... I remember that day having a huge encounter with God in that moment. Imagine my luck, everybody. To just by luck turn around on that street, to just by luck turn down a street, just by luck to turn into that driveway. And the thing that you all know and the thing that I'm sort of alluding to is it wasn't luck. What was really happening there is that I was listening to the Spirit of God. But if you had have asked me on that day, hey, can you hear the voice of God? I would have said no. I don't know what God sounds like. I don't know how God speaks to people. And even though I would have told you on that day that I can't hear the voice of God, somehow He got me from a main road where I'd overshot the turn all the way back into that car park and I had no idea where I was going. 
What was really happening? I was listening to God without even realizing it. That's what happens to us sometimes. I think my life right now is the result of doing that thing over and over, hearing God and obeying His voice. I did it without even realizing that day. And as you become more mature, you become far more intentional about hearing the voice of God and obeying Him. My life looks totally different now as a result of doing that. Totally different. I mean, if I think about, well, I mean, the job that I've got is very different. I definitely wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't hearing the voice of God and obeying Him. I wouldn't be doing that. Uh, my family looks totally different. Uh, I don't know if I'd be married to Pastor Sarah. Uh, I don't know if I'd have my kids. I don't, I don't think so. So my family is different as a result of hearing the voice of the Lord and obeying Him. Man, so many things are different. My finances are totally different, like way different. There is no way that I would give away as much money as I have done since becoming a Christian unless I became a Christian. There is no way I would be this generous. When you're called to be a Christian, I believe you're called to be generous. Don't be a tight Christian, okay? We're meant to be generous people. There's no way I would be this generous if I wasn't listening to the voice of God and following Him. My family is different. My life is different. My finances are different. Where we live is different. Uh, my values, totally different. My friendships, totally different. So much is different about my life because I heard the voice of God and I decided to obey what He was telling me to do. Now, I would say that every single person in this room, if you are a Christian, you have heard the voice of God. And the reason that I am so certain of that is because the Bible says that no one can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. So everyone that calls Jesus their Lord and Saviour has evidently at some point heard the voice of the Spirit and obeyed Him by turning their life around and going after a life with Jesus, confessing Him as their Lord and Saviour. And how did you experience that? You heard the voice of the God, maybe through the conviction of your heart, but however it is, at some point you heard God and you responded to Him in some way. And because you did that, it totally transformed eternity for you. So in a million, okay, in a bazillion years, your life would be altered because you heard the voice of the Spirit and you obeyed it. That's significant. You know, I was praying to the Lord this week. And I was actually praying about praying. <laughs> and I was speaking to Lord about this dynamic that we have with Him where He speaks to us and we speak to Him. And it felt like the Lord said to me, you know, Ben, telling people to just stop doing things is like the lowest level of relationship I have with them. You know, when you experience the conviction of the Spirit and you realize that Jesus is Lord and you have to turn from whatever life you're living and turn towards Him, it's really the Spirit saying, stop going this way, you need to go this way. But there are some people that never graduate from that. And their entire prayer walk and experience is really just God saying, don't do that, stop going that way, no, no, stop, hold, don't go any further. 
and they think, hey, that's what it's like to have a relationship with God. It just tells you to stop doing stuff. I feel like that is the lowest level of relationship we have where all we do is just hear Him say no to us and we say, okay, whatever you want, your will be done, Lord. (laughs) I was thinking about this, you know, I'm a dad and I was thinking about what makes it into the highlight reel of my life with my kids. And amazingly, what doesn't make it into the highlight reel is me saying, pick up that sock. Why did you leave your jacket there? You've been in the house two seconds, two seconds. You know, read a book. It's homework. You have to do it. Read a book. You know, that kind of experience. None of those memories. Clean up your room. That, that stuff, that's not the great memories that I have with my kids. If you say to me, hey, what makes it into the highlight reel of your life? You know what it is? It's where we're having fun together. It's where we're moving in the same direction together. Maybe it's an activity, whatever we're doing, we're doing it together. And I feel like some of the best experiences that we can have with God and the things that don't make it into His highlight reel is when He says, stop, no, don't do that. It's when we do stuff with Him because we partner together, we start to move in the same direction. I mean, I want to tell you today, there's a whole level and a a depth of relationship that you can have with God where He speaks to you. It's not about right, wrong, stop doing that. No, no, no. It's about, hey, let's take this journey together. Let's move as one together. And when we partner with God and we start moving in the same direction, you create the most amazing dynamic with God. I'm telling you right now that what the Spirit wants to do is lead you and guide you and partner with you as you walk through life. And getting that direction comes by revelation of the Spirit. Anything that needs to be revealed is first hidden, right? So what the Spirit does is He reveals things to us and then we partner with Him by moving in the direction that He reveals. That's what we're meant to be doing. So when we get to that moment, trusting what we think the Lord has said to us and taking a step in that direction, That requires incredible trust. And I think it says something about the maturity that we have by hearing the word of the Lord and saying, I believe this is what you're saying and then moving in the direction He calls us. That takes great trust. And I would say depth of relationship as well. There's a story in the Bible about a man named Abram. And Abram is successful where he is, doing well in life. The Lord comes to him. And he says, I want you to leave where you are and go to the land that I will show you and I will make you the father of a great nation. What a promise. But to access the promise of God, he has to leave the safety and security of where he is. And it's so comfortable sometimes to feel secure And you don't want to step out and get it wrong. And if you've heard wrong, what's going to happen? It's just safer to stay where I am. We don't really like doing this. I mean, sometimes we do, but a lot of us don't really like doing this. What we want to do is say to the Lord, how about this? 
Show me what it looks like when I get there. Secure it for me today and I'll take the step for you. He says, I want you to leave and I'll show you where you're going as you go. The thing about that scripture is he didn't even say which direction to go. He didn't say travel south. He says, go. I feel like everyone say, which way? And he goes, just go. It's like, but I don't want to get this wrong. Just go. And I'll show you when you get there. We don't, want, we don't like that. We don't even like the Melway's version of this. We want Google Maps Street View. So we look up the destination and have a look around at it before we drive. So we want to turn around. Wow, wow, wow. Look at this. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, I'll go. All right, let's do this. But that's not what he says to Abram. He says, just go and I'll show you when you get there. That takes great faith. That takes great courage to do that. But if the Lord was to show us everything and secure it for us upfront in a way, how many of you know it would take no faith to step out because we already know what we're getting when we get there? What do you do when obeying the Spirit feels risky? What do you do when obeying the Spirit feels risky? Well, you take a step of faith. And I'm going to asterisk that at the end of the service, but you take a step of faith. And that is so much easier to say than to do. But those people that call Jesus their Lord and Savior, those people that have God as their Father in heaven, they, they do this. And the Apostle Paul wrote about it. He said this in Romans 8 verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Within his context, Paul was talking about the gospel. He was saying, those that are led by the Spirit of God to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sin, was buried, resurrected, and that He rose again, those that put their faith and their trust in the fact that He did that and made a great exchange with them where He took all of their sin and gave them all of His righteousness, those people are the sons of God. Now, in that context, when you read that, I would say, and this is going to sound wrong when it comes out, but if you could just give me a minute to explain, I'll try to make some sense of it. Nothing is riskier than believing that. Nothing's riskier than believing that. Because there's a lot of ideas out there about how to get to heaven. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of religions out there saying different things. But when you're a Christian, you say, I exclusively believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father but by Him. And guess what, guys? If you're a Christian, you are betting your entire eternal existence on that thing. And what's fascinating to me is that so many of us would spend our lives feeling very, very comfortable about our eternal dwelling place feeling very supremely confident about the decision that we've made because we've got a conviction in our hearts. 
But then when it comes to the daily things about which job we should get and where should we go and what we should do and who should I marry and should I even be dating this person and all that stuff, we're going to freak out about that? How could we be so secure about where we're going to spend a bazillion years? Oh, but which job should I have? Oh, Lord, I just don't know. Do you, do you see how sometimes we just worry about the wrong stuff? Everything after eternity is a step down. Everything from there is a smaller and lower level decision than that one decision. And yet we often feel confident about that. Can I tell you that no theological prowess is a substitute for being guided by the Spirit of God in your daily life. You can be very, very smart, understand what the words say in the book from back to front, but it's still not a substitute for being led by the Spirit of God daily. I would suggest to you and submit to you that there are people out there that read the Bible but have no relationship with the Spirit, no connection with the Spirit of God, that don't pray, but man, they sure do read their Bible. And I, guys, I, I love the Bible, but it doesn't say everything in there when it comes to the daily decisions that you make. And yet the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Revelation is the Spirit of truth who reveals that Jesus is the truth, but that's not the only truth that He reveals. He often reveals many things to us about which way we should go and what way we should, you know, uh, uh, you know how we should live our lives. You know what Paul didn't say? He didn't say those who are led by culture. He didn't say those would be led by intellect. He, said, he didn't say those that would be led by, you know, even cool church culture. We don't want to be led by church, cool church culture. We're, we're leading it. We don't want to be led by it, you know, if you know what I'm saying. But, but what do we do? We're actually led by, that's a joke. We're led by the Spirit of God. He's meant to be leading us and guiding us. You know, you're a son of God if you're being led by the Spirit of God. We've got to get this stuff right. That's what we call revelation. So like I say, I love God's Word. This is just the most remarkable book. This is God's revelation of who He is to us. And there are so many good things in here. You should read this book every single day of your life. Come on. Talks about the origins of humanity. Awesome. The Ten Commandments. Classic. You know, so good, right? Uh, it's going to talk a lot about the gospel. The whole Old Testament points to it. It's revealed in the New Testament in the person of Jesus and revealed to us by the Spirit of God, which I might actually add, there's a lot of teaching in here in how the Holy Spirit operates and acts. And so, you know, it, it even talks to us about events that are past our time, past, present, future. I mean, this book is amazing and I absolutely love it. But when I wanted to get married to Pastor Sarah, I didn't open the book to Ecclesians and it says in here somewhere, and you will marry this woman. I just wish it did. So what do I need? I, I need to be led by the Spirit for certain things in life. And as good as this book is, there are so many amazing things in here, but I still need the Spirit's guidance. Here's my point to you in all of this. How would it be for you to trust the Spirit of God when it comes to where you're going to spend eternity? But what, you're going to panic about which job you should take? If you are led by the Spirit of God and He speaks to you, would you trust Him with your family? 
You know, would you, would you trust God with your finances? Would you trust God with the relationships that you've got in your life? Would you trust Him with where He's taking you in terms, even in terms of the direction where you take your, where your life is going and where He takes you? All of that stuff, again, is a step down from the stuff in eternity. And you already know you can hear the Spirit speak to you, which is how you became a Christian in the first place. You can hear Him. My question to you today is, will you trust Him? Will you hear Him and will you obey Him? So many people worry about getting this stuff wrong. And it's interesting sometimes about where they draw their conclusions from. There's a story in Luke chapter 4 about Jesus. And after Jesus was baptized, it says He was led out into the wilderness. The Spirit led Him immediately out into the wilderness. I feel like if we were ever led personally by the Spirit out into the wilderness, our first thought would be, I've made a mistake. There's no way the Spirit would lead me to this place. He must have gone left at some point and I turned right, you know? By the way, the Spirit will never turn left. That's just a little joke. But somewhere He went one way and I went another. And we would draw that conclusion from what? The fact that we're in the wilderness. And yet that's exactly where the Spirit wanted Jesus to be. Right? And then what happened when he got to the wilderness? Oh, there's no food. Great. We're going to fast. And then what happened while he was there? He's tempted by the devil. And if we were ever led into the wilderness and we were facing severe temptation in our life, at some point we'd say, we've made a mistake. But Jesus didn't. He was exactly where he was supposed to be. And my point to you is this, even when you say yes to the Spirit, even when you follow Him, and even when you get it right, it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. You know, there were so many times that we would look to avoid those seasons in life, but it's those very seasons that the Spirit puts in our life to transform us from the inside out. Oh my gosh, I even said it at the start of this service. I said, Lord, shape us, mold us, make us. Any crazy people join me in that prayer? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Do you know what you just agreed to? I'm so sorry. Maybe I should have given you the facts up front. But what happens is you say, Lord, shape me. He goes, okay. Well, not today. Like, I, I meant, you know, some distant point in the future when everything's going okay, you know, and not too harsh, you know, careful how you shape me, Lord. We don't always like to be shaped by the Lord, but He uses those experiences and the Spirit will still lead us into difficult things, but He'll still lead us through it. I think we've got to get this right. Can you hear God? Of course you can hear God. Of course you can. Don't second guess yourself just because you've gone through a difficult time. That's not to say that every difficult thing that you've gone through was there by the Spirit. You know, sometimes we do take a wrong turn, right? But you can't determine that everything that happens to you, just because it didn't work out exactly how you'd pictured in your mind that it was never of God, maybe God wanted you to lead you into a wilderness experience to develop something in you that would never have been developed unless you went through it. Can you hear the voice of God? Of course you can. It's how you became a Christian. But I feel like there are moments where we sort of wrestle through that. God, is that you? Like, I know I'm not. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I feel like I'm projecting. I'm not doing that today. I'm not doing that at all because there are so many people that go, God, I think I heard you say, but I'm just not quite sure what to do with this. Lord, is that you? Sometimes the thing that we wrestle with 
is we wrestle with, is that you or is that me? You know what the Bible calls that? It calls that your flesh. It's like desires that you have for your own life. And it can be a battle. This is what Galatians says in chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh is just wrong desires, things that you want for yourself. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. Sometimes we want something so bad we want God to tell us that it's okay to have it. Yeah. You ever had it? Some of you are so holy. Oh, you've had it. You've had it. You want something so bad, you almost want to put the words in God's mouth, right? I tried to buy a house years ago, and I kept on trying to put the words in God's mouth. Tell me it's mine. Tell, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I was praying about it. The agent said, offer this money and you can have it, guys. We didn't get it. We're so disappointed. God didn't let us have it because he had something else for us. But sometimes my point is we want something so bad, we try to put our desires in his mouth. And if you ever do that, you'll feel so holy about your fleshly decision because you actually have to say, oh, God told me, maybe that's just you trying to put the words in his mouth and feel okay about where you're at. There's a guy in the Bible by the name of Balaam. Balaam was a prophet for profit. He had a spiritual gift, gift of prophecy, and he liked money. So he would use that gift. Guys, not everybody uses their gift to bless the kingdom of God and to advance his kingdom. Some people just use it for themselves for personal gain. This is Balaam. So the king of Moab sends elders to Balaam and he asks Balaam to curse Israel. Now immediately, there should be a red flag there. <laughs> and, and when they come, like Balaam listens to the request and then he says, well, why don't you come in and spend the night here <laughs> and I'll inquire of the Lord and let's see what he'll do about this. Are you kidding me? I don't even know how Balaam started his prayer that night. These guys are here. They're there exclusively so that Balaam will curse Israel. And Balaam must have opened with something kind of like, Lord, you know I like money. And they're offering a lot of it. And... Uh, I know you like Israel, but I like money. And I was wondering if it's possible, could we just do, I don't know, like some low level curse, something's not gonna, you know, could, could we, would it be, uh, uh, in other words, Lord, are you negotiable on this? How many people try to negotiate with the Lord because of what they really want in their heart? And what I'm saying to you today is you've got to be careful about negotiating with the Lord on things He's very, very clear about. I had a lady one time come to me and she said to me, um, Pastor Ben, I do think it's okay if I get a divorce. My husband and I are not getting along. And I said, okay, because she wanted to know my thoughts about this. And I said, okay, well, before I answer that, would it be okay if I got a divorce? And she said, oh, no, not you. And I said, why not? She said, because you're a pastor. And I was like, okay. The rules for you are the same for me. So if the Lord says no to me, He's also saying no to you. I'm not, I don't have to obey extra things because I'm a pastor. We're all the children of God. 
What I'm saying to you is that this lady was looking for to cut a special and unique deal with God around something that he had been very explicit on. And I'm saying to you that we do not have a God that's negotiable on these things. So don't take your fleshly desire and say, I think it's wrong for everyone else, but it's okay for me to do that. No, that's not okay. Here's what you're doing. You're putting your words in God's mouth so you can feel holy about living sinfully. And that's a bad place to be. But Pastor Ben, doesn't the Bible say in Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart? And in verse 5, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him and He will act, right? Right? Right, right. Is He not going to... Give you the desires of your heart. Oh, be careful about the heart. Maybe, maybe, maybe that scripture doesn't mean what people want it to mean. Maybe they're taking the second half of that first verse that I read and exclusively just focusing on what their heart wants. But what it means is take delight in God first and then submit your requests. In other words, God, I love you. I love, and read the Psalms, your rules, your statutes. I love your word. Uh, it's not burdensome, you know, for me to obey you. I love your righteousness. And in the light of that, now present your requests to God. Delight yourself first. I want everything that you want. I want what you want for me. It's not about my desires or my fleshly desires. It's not about that. God, it's about what you want. And I wonder if people spent more time doing this, they'd pray a lot less of that. Because when we familiarize ourselves with what the Lord wants for our lives, there are some prayers we just probably would never pray. Pastor Ben, are you still going to pray that prayer? Uh-uh, no way. No, 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 no. I was never even going to say it, Lord. I was never going to pray it. Maybe I just familiarize myself with what He really wants for my life first and I don't have to pray in the end. It's amazing when people delight themselves in the Lord. It's not just that. They just accept whatever He does. They accept the outcome anyway. Listen, I don't want to ever put my words in God's mouth. And there are so many reasons for this. Uh, one would be because it's a sin. But the other thing would be whatever you author in the flesh, you have to maintain. Whatever You have to sustain whatever the flesh authors. And oftentimes when we talk about the flesh, yes, it does mean sin, but the fleshly desires can just sometimes be stuff that we want that's not of God. And it doesn't always look bad and it doesn't always look wrong. You can author stuff in the flesh and at the exact same time have the best intentions. The best intentions. The Lord comes to Abram and says, go to the land that I will show you and I will make you the father of a great nation. Awesome promise. So the herald of faith, this amazing man, picks up his family and goes. But now he's 85 and he still has no heir. And he starts to think, all right, all right. Maybe I'm gonna, in, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe what the Lord wants is for me to make this happen. 
So Sarai and Abram, they come up with a plan. And what's their plan? Well, Abram's going to sleep with his servant and they're going to produce a child called Ishmael. And Ishmael was a child that was birthed in the flesh, but that wasn't the promise that the Lord had given to him. And then what happened to Abram? He has to deal with everything that happened after that moment because of what he authored in the flesh. Now it's up to him to sustain it, but it was never what God wanted. And what was the problem? What was the issue? The issue was timing. Oh, when the Lord speaks to you and you think you've heard, is it not sometimes the timing that causes you to rethink what you previously held as truth? Because you feel like God is taking way too long? Oh, now I'm projecting. Come on. It's a lot of this stuff is just timing, right? And you just think, oh, I'll just make, maybe I could make it happen. So we're trying to buy a church building. And I remember going in, sitting down with this lovely woman. She's very nice. And she's the owner of the building. And as we're talking about it, she offers a deal. And I really want a building. But I knew that what she offered was not what the Lord had spoken. So no deal is still better than a bad deal. So I said, I'm sorry, this is not going to happen. And I went back and I messaged our ministry team and I said, we've come to an impasse. I said, we can't go beyond this point. The answer is no, we're not going to get it. I've already told people I think the Lord's going to give it to us. And I'm like, ah, it's just disappointing. Maybe it's still in process. Because then they come back to us and they say to us, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's not tank the deal just yet. They're like, We're going to offer you a different way to, to do this. We're like, okay. So the conversation continues. And I, I realized in that meeting if I jump ahead of God's timing, I may produce an Ishmael and then I'm going to be responsible to sustain something that the Lord didn't author. Okay, so I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I, I want what the Lord said. And you can mess up the promise because you move ahead of God's timing. You heard right, but you tried to make it happen on your own. It's not a good idea. Abram realizes this. The guy is 99 years old. And in the course of time, you know, he's 100 years old. And Sarah has a baby called Isaac. You know, and, and it, he, he tried to author it himself, but that wasn't the promise. That wasn't the amazing story. And then he finally gets Isaac. And, and here's the crazy part. The Lord says, you've got the child. This is the promise. Thank you, God. He goes, awesome. Now I want you to sacrifice him. Are you kidding me? God. This is why it's so hard to follow you because you're like, you can have it. But then you didn't tell me how long to wait. And then I tried to make it happen. And then I realized I must make a mistake. And then you give it to me and they ask me to give it up. This is what it feels like sometimes to follow the Spirit of God. And there's this tension in our hearts. God, what are you saying? What are you, what are you wanting to do? Like, what do we do when we hear the voice of God, for all the complicated stuff that we hear, it's really this simple. You hear and obey. And if it's not God's timing, then you just wait. 
and you do everything that the Lord has asked you to do. I know that you hear the Lord's voice. That's how you became a follower of Jesus. Do you know how you hear the Lord's voice? I followed it without even realizing what I was doing. Do you Have you discerned? Are you growing? Are you maturing in your faith to a point where you say, this is how the Lord speaks to me? And you know what? That can be a bit of a personal journey. Even Samuel, Samuel, he didn't know that he could hear the voice of the Lord. He kept calling out to him, Samuel. And he kept going to Eli and he's asking him and he's like, Samuel, say, he called him and he's, Samuel's going back and forth, back and forth until he realizes it's not Eli that's calling him, it's the Lord. Sometimes it takes a while for us to grow and mature and understand who it is that's really speaking to us. What do you do if you're unsure that the Spirit of God is speaking? What do you do if you're not sure? I just don't know. I think this is you, God, but I'm, I'm not sure. Now, this is great advice because believe it or not, but occasionally people do get this wrong. So this is good advice. Proverbs 24 verse 6, For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in the abundance of counsellors there is victory. Ask people who can hear. Because they're not primarily concerned about the fleshly desires of your heart. They're really concerned about what God wants for your life. So you find people that can hear the voice of God and speak into your life if you're unsure. It's a great way. To, it's a good thing to do sometimes anyway. But here's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to scale this up so that you understand practically how this works. Let's say you're walking down the street and you see a homeless person on the street. And you think the Lord says to you, give him 50 bucks. You don't need to get on WhatsApp and say, I really feel like the Lord might be saying to be generous in this moment. And I'm just not sure if I should. You just give him the 50 bucks. Give him the money because you recover from that, right? I mean, even if you're wrong, you're still right, aren't you? Even if you're wrong, you still did a good thing. There's no repercussions for that. Let's say you're walking down the street and the Lord says, I want you to sell everything you own. Take your family and move to the darkest jungle in Africa. You're like, okay, I'm going to get on WhatsApp chat. I'm speaking to pastors. My small group need to know about this. My pastors need to know about this. I'm going to get a lot of advice on that. The bigger the decision, sometimes we just need to scale it up in terms of the check that we have. You've got to check, just check. And if you feel like the Lord has said, go, then you go. If you feel like the Lord said, move, then you move. That's what Abram did. And this, this is so biblical. Even the early church, the 12 apostles who were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the upper room, they had all this amazing moment, but they still had the Jerusalem council when they were trying to figure out what do we teach these new Gentile believers that don't have a Jewish background? What should we expect from them? And they say, it seemed good to the Spirit and to us. And to us, think about fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. It seems good to us. So the Lord can speak to us. We do it together. And if you get this in your heart and you understand when the Lord asks you to do something significant, you get the right counsel. What does it come back to? Man, you, you do everything that the Lord is asking you to do. So the building. I, I've prayed over this and believed and even publicly said that I think that the Lord is giving us this building. It's out. And I wrote this message 
in anticipation of this day. And I wrote this message before I had an answer of whether we got the building or not. And I can tell you today that, yeah, we are still waiting on an answer. I read to you from my notes, which I purposely didn't change. We got the building, our new home is created. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I'm working on my prophetic gift. <laughs> or this is the perfect message. Because following the Spirit has nothing to do with the outcome. <laughs> it's about saying yes and hearing and obeying no matter the outcome I read that and I thought oh this is actually perfect but I really wanted to tell everyone that we had we don't have, you know. <laughs> but really whatever happens it's like God it, it's up to you but I, I'm just going to trust you and I'm going to keep saying yes and I'm going to follow you and, and I'm, I'm, pr I'm praying and believing that the answer is still yes hopefully this is a great prophetic word for our church and then next week you come back and say I told you you know and but I did because I believe that that's what the Lord has said to me but what what's the point the point is we hear and obey I want to pray for you this morning I want you to stand to your feet just close your eyes and listen to this. I feel like there are people in, the, in this room and you think you've heard the Lord speak to you, but you're not really sure. Some of you have heard the word of the Lord in the, in the past, but you've actually moved past the timing of the Lord. Maybe you tried to speed something up. Maybe you produced an Ishmael, something in the flesh that you then had to maintain and it caused great pain in your life. And I wanna tell you right now that the Lord loves you. He sees right where you're at. And I wanna know if you would just be willing to just come before the Lord and surrender as we prayed at the very start of this service and say, Lord, you know, maybe things have worked out, haven't worked out, I'm still waiting. Maybe for some of you, you've heard the Word of the Lord, but you're delaying the, the obedience because you still haven't got that counsel. But I wanna pray for you today. And if you feel like the Lord has spoken something to you, but you haven't seen it come to fruition just yet, I want you to raise your hand. I wanna pray for every single person that's in that season, that moment. There are so many hands that are raised right now in this room. I just wonder, is there anyone here today, you've been praying and interceding for a family member to come to, to know Jesus and you feel like the Lord has said yes, but you haven't seen it yet. Father, I pray for every single person in here. Everyone that's been waiting everyone that doesn't want to move ahead of your timing. Lord, they don't want to birth anything in the flesh. What they want to do is honour you, Lord, with all of their hearts. And I pray this morning, would you come and Lord, I pray the presence of your Spirit to put peace in their heart while they wait. I pray not one person in here would author anything in the flesh. And I pray, God, that not one person in this room is taking the desires of their heart
maybe the things that you don't have for them and putting their words in your mouth so they can feel good about something that they want when it's not what you want. I pray, Lord, would you come? And Lord, I pray for great clarity in this room right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd begin to minister right now. I pray, God, for, for people that are waiting on things, that, Lord, you'd come and encourage them. For people that may, maybe have put your words in their mouth, I pray, God, that you'd be so clear in this moment and let them know that that's not from you. I pray for anyone that's trying to negotiate with you on something that they know is something you've already said no to, but they're trying to push you. I pray, Lord, that you'd be so clear with them in this moment so they don't produce something that you don't want them to have in their life. And I pray, God, for everybody that needs an answer from You. Lord, let it come quick. Let it come fast. That would always be our prayer. We still trust in Your timing, but I pray, God, would You just break through. People that need salvation in their families, I pray that You break through. People that are looking to have children, I pray that You break through in Jesus' Name. I People that needed to be encouraged by Your Spirit in this room right now, I pray, Lord, that You'd, you'd pour out Your Spirit of encouragement. You're the paracletus. You're the one that comes alongside, that speaks, that, in, that encourages. So, God, I pray you do it right now. Lord, for those that just need a breakthrough in their finance, maybe they've got opportunities, a different job, and they're, they're freaking out about it. They're so worried about that. That's the small stuff, God. I, I, I pray, God, if they put their faith and their trust in You, securing their eternal dwelling place, Lord, let them carry a, a spirit of peace as they work out the daily decisions. Lord, I pray, God, that we would be a people that have eyes to see, and ears to hear. May a spirit of revelation come upon your church. Reveal what's been hidden. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.